Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's up? I'm Ben. Yahoo Sports Canada. You already know the vibes. I'm here with Asad Iman. And welcome back, Reese, from your Twitter game suspension. Let's go. <laughs> we getting right into it. Um... Guys, the Raptors have lost uh, five of their last six games. So on a scale of one to five in terms of the panic button, how worried are you? <laughs> Iman, why don't you, uh, why don't you start us off on, on, your, on your panic button vibes? I'm not that worried. I'm not that worried. Um, the Raptors have the 30th ranked defense in the last six games, according to NBA.com. I have it right here. It's 118.4, which is is ridiculous. In their first nine games of the season, they had the seventh ranked defense at 102 point something. <laughs> that's, that's a huge difference. And I think they're much closer to that top 10 than they are to the bottom 10 or the bottom in the league. If they were losing games 75 to 80 and they were stopping guys and still just couldn't score enough, then I would probably be more worried than right now, which is just there's a lot of reasons for why the defense has slipped in the last six games. You're talking about Ken being out, who is their defensive anchor and the sturdiest guy on the team, Fred Van Vliet missing games. And then your biggest piece, Pascal Siakam, being worked back in. That's huge. Um, and Pascal has not looked like an all NBA level defender, but he's coming back from shoulder surgery and not having played basketball for nearly 200 days. So there are lots of reasons for why the Raptors defense doesn't look up to par, but I'm willing to bet that they're going to be a top 10 defense when all is said and done. So I'm not too worried with what we've seen so far. Yeah, obviously there's a little concern anytime you're not winning games and in the fashion that they're losing, these are winnable games or at certain points, second, third quarter versus the Nets. They got a lot of momentum. You're thinking maybe they get this one. Philly, they almost choked that win away. And then you had Portland, which Pascal OG came out the gate hot. They were playing really well. And the, the team just kind of beats itself a little bit, a lot, quite a bit of mental lapses, um, guys not knowing where to be. Like, yeah, the blame can be shared all around from front office. Yeah, you'd want the idea of like a functional center to go up against these guys like Cody Zellers having an impact on the game, Isaiah Stewart. So, and then at the same time, like players need to take ownership. Like Scotty's been dominant all year probably not the best game of his season last night, which started off really well. And then just a few mental lapses, a few turnovers, taking a tech, unnecessary plays. But the good news is it's a young team. They're going to get better as the season goes along. You want to see a little more consistency instead of winning five straight and then losing five of six. You want to see, let's grab two on the road here, lose one, win three, a little more steadiness. But the good news with younger guys, they're going to get better as the season gets along, especially Scotty, Gary, they've been good early hopefully precious kind of gets it, uh, gets it going to there. Yeah. I'm not worried at all. I, what scale one to five. I put them at like, maybe like a two, like, you know, six games. It's they got 60, 70 left. So I personally don't care about any five, six game stretch anywhere here or there, but you know, if you look at the last five, it's like, all right, you got Pascal coming back in and the first five, their defense is great. Their offense sucked last five, their offense have been great and their defense sucked. So, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs. Um, if there's anything I would like 
want to look out for moving forward is like, all right, teams are kind of starting to pick on Scotty off ball defensively. People are starting to pick up on Delano not being able to kind of dribble uh, with pressure face up. So, you know, those are things like where, okay, you got rookies playing big minutes. So how are they going to move forward? So those are just things to look for. But otherwise, like, hey, Kem's been out for five five games and your defense fell apart. Kem comes back, still looking a little rickety. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, things start picking up. But uh, You are working Siakam in those games when Kem does come back. So there are reasons yeah. for it. And I think overall, it's like, hey, at least the team's getting healthier, right? Like, I'd be more worried if they pick up an injury next couple of games. So, you know, fingers crossed, nothing happens there, but. Otherwise, not too wrap worried about it. Fred Van Vliet in bubble wrap. Wrap him in bubble wrap. <laughs> if he goes down, that's it. That's it. So, so, let's try again next year. I'm glad I'm here with the, the logical side of the Raptors fan base because if you look on Twitter some nights, you you I imagine uh, uh, Donald Glover in community walking into like the room of fire because everyone's like, oh my God, blow the team up. Like, but, uh, yeah, all of what you guys said is like, you know, spot on. Uh, the biggest key factors, yeah, working Pascal back in. Speaking of Pascal, uh, let's talk about his performance so far. Um, obviously, you know, started off a little slow, but like you can tell he's coming into his own. Uh, what's the most impressive, what's been the most impressive about Pascal thus far? Like how has he gotten better uh, in terms of where he was at last year? Uh, Reese, you want to start off? Yeah, he just looks lighter, a little more athletic. You know, the dribble kind of tightened up a little bit. He's actually willing to take guys off the dribble. The left hand has gotten a little improved. I said that uh, last night, finishing with the left, I think it was on either Nurkic or Nas. Uh, and then the jump shooting, a lot of his struggles last year, even with the improvements in playmaking and uh, kind of being a little bit of a point forward, the shooting fell off a cliff. So it looks a little more compact. It looks like he really got the reps in, especially as he was rehabbing the shoulder and as he's regained, you know, the strength in his shoulder that, you know, maybe 100 to 1,000 jump shots a bit, you know, uh, you know, per day in practice. So like the mid range looks good. Like looks like the touches around the, you know, around the rim is getting a little better. Obviously the little concern with him is a uh, kind of his defense is kind of, it's not up to par yet. The conditioning is not all the way there. He's not really stopping guys at the point of attack. Like he's getting kind of lost sometimes more so the whole team, but uh, yeah, as his conditioning gets right, you're going to look pretty impressed uh, with Siakam just as a complete player. So you, you want to see it also against good teams, you know, Portland, Detroit, those are, you know, not the best teams in the league. So hopefully as this, you know, road trip where we got five of six on the road now or four or five uh, the rest of the way, hopefully against some of these better teams, starting with the Jazz, I think Thursday, uh, you see some of that, uh, you know, added skills translate there. Yeah, it's, it's, a, one, it's, a, it's a wonder how, how much better you get with your left hand when your left shoulder is not messed up anymore. Uh, True. But yeah, you know, feet looking better. I personally, I just like the fact like how smooth he looks in terms of just drawing the help defender. Like he's able to get to the paint. Like, I, you know, all respect to Fred and all respect to OG. They aren't very good. Uh, they don't have quick first steps when it, when it comes to a dribble. They don't really blow by their defender to gain the advantage. OG likes to go in a post, kind of shoulder up on dudes. Um, Fred uses a screen, has a little bit of hesitation game. Pascal just straight up blow by his guy. He left um, Buddy Boy, Rocco, just falling asleep. Man was shook. Got to his left-hand layup. So, it's nice that Pascal is back and able to get to the paint almost at will and draw that second defender. And you've seen like some great passing passing plays from the Raptors starters in the last game. Like you can even pull up that one play where basically every single player touched the ball and then we end up with an open three. Um, and that's all starting with, you know, Pascal being able to hit the paint, being able to draw the help and knowing where the next pass is supposed to be um, just because he has so many reps doing this the last two years. Uh, and you see it comes more natural to someone like him than, you know, you've seen 
oh gee, these first ten games, kind of learning where's the help defender coming when I'm getting doubled in the doubled in the post, right? So it's just it's just nice to have you know that skill set back, and it's just different from everybody else. It's kind of nice knowing that every single Raptors key play piece is just like a different style of drawing a help defender, right? So uh, that's what I I've been most impressed by with Pascal coming back. I have no real expectations, um, but hey. If he's getting to the free throw line, he's been able to drop free throws in every single game so far. Um, he's been able to get to the paint. Um, he's been a little bit passive with his shots, but, you know, it'll come with conditioning, I'm sure. And honestly, looking forward to this Utah game because Pascal's had some great games against Utah. You know, he's cooked Rudy and he's cooked all their tiny little defenders at the four spot. So it should be a good one. Um, do you guys leave anything left? Uh, you guys said everything. Pascal Siakam, honestly, it, you guys touched on everything. And um, I think his ability to get to the free throw line, his ability to hit that outside shot, that was something that Pascal did not have last year. That was probably the biggest thing that really cratered off for him last year. Um, and we're seeing it. We're seeing it again this year. He's shooting comfortably. He looks like he's able to score absolutely everywhere on the floor. He just looks so fluid on the offensive end. Yes, like Reese said, defensively, he's still not there yet. Um, but that'll come. He literally hasn't played basketball in like nearly 200 years. We, we can be patient with that part, but offensively, he just looks flawless. And his ability to get to the free throw line is going to be something that's like sorely needed on this team because it's something that the Raptors have struggled with. And if you look around the league, you can ask Harden, you can ask Dame, you can ask any of these stars. It's something that they haven't been able to do consistently. And we've seen it already with Pascal with his ability to get to the free throw line. And that's going to be something that this team needs. Pascal and Scotty are going up against the first, I guess, True elite big uh, so far this season, Rudy Gobert. Um, I guess, what are what do you guys think are the keys to success for them going up against a more traditional center, especially one of uh, Rudy Gobert's caliber? I don't know Run. if you call Rudy a traditional center. Like, offensively, he's, what, he's a rim runner at best, right? Like yeah. He's going to catch lobs. He's going to do stuff. And I think the Raptors have never really had an issue with Rudy. Even last year, they didn't really have much of an issue with Rudy. Like, Rudy getting into fights with OG because he's getting punked up and down the floor right so like we all remember that so it's not really that i think the raptors biggest thing is not even going to be the big man thing it's going to be can you contain donovan mitchell at the point of the attack raptors yeah. have been getting ripped apart at the point of attack last couple of games especially by these speedy guards donovan mitchell's a beast um so it's really going to be that that'll be the big thing to watch and then you know the jazz are a really good passing team so you've seen scotty kind of get lost in these rotations and the raptors team as a whole get lost in these help rotations um it could get really ugly really quick if uh they aren't you know up to pace. And also Utah is just one of those, like people always talk about Denver in altitude, but Utah is right up there in altitude. So it's a sneaky game in terms of like check testing your team's conditioning, especially in that third and fourth quarter. So uh, those are the things I'm going to be looking for. Rudy Gobert does not scare me. <laughs> Rudy Gobert does not scare me. <laughs> That's my take on it. Follow their points, right? You, you want to, what you give up in size and potential rebounding and some of that rim protection he brings, you want to make up for it by speed, taking him out, screen action, putting him in ISO kind of work, go bare, make him, you know, make it a, like an honest evening worth of work from him. You know, you don't want to let him impose his will just all game. It's an, it's an easy game for him. You know, you got Scotty and Siakam probably been the five for us, you know, Ken Birch getting spot duty as he's been coming back from injury there. You, you want to see what Siakam can do, well, you know, put the ball in the deck, make Rudy foul you, get to the line, you know, that that's kind of how I'd go about it. Every, everybody else kind of hit the nail on the head. It is a 
good test for, I think, Siakam coming back. But Rudy Gobert is not someone who's actually punished the Raptors in the past. And Siakam has had great games against the Jazz. The Raptors have actually played the Jazz even last year in a disastrous year fairly close they were just two heartbreaker games that you lost so the, the Jazz don't particularly like Rudy Gobert doesn't particularly scare me but it will be a good test and plug Raptors had uh our dishes and dimes had uh coach Thorfinn and his biggest test for for um Scotty Barnes was him going up against these centers in the league so it'd be really interesting to see him do it but it's something that by committee the Raptors were able to do last year because I think the first game that they played against Gobert Ken Birch wasn't there for but in the second game he was Reese uh you're originally from Toronto and now you're in Chicago right yeah correct and you know who else started out in Toronto is now in Chicago (laughs) DeMar DeRozan, who's balling like an MVP this season. And you know what? It just just warms my heart to the fullest. Um, I think DeMar's averaging probably his best numbers since I want to say his 2016 season with the Raptors when he's putting up like 27 a game. Um, so the I guess, uh, Mr. Don't Worry, I Got Us. If you guys could, those are five words, but if you could use one word to describe uh, DeMar getting all this uh, national love, what, uh, what word would you use for our, our Compton, Compton something? I can't, oh, I can't think of a word. <laughs> Compton kid. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, that works. <laughs> um, honestly, deserved. Mm-hmm. It's, it's deserved and it's a long time coming. I think um, and you kind of touched on it earlier talking about, you know, the Raptor fans acting as though the sky is falling down. That's kind of how discourse works on Twitter, right? Like it's very um, hyperbolic. I take part in it too, not saying anything disparaging about it. It's just very hyperbolic. And um, when it comes to, there's only so much context that you can allow and there's only so much nuance that you can fit into 280 characters. So the conversation around Omar DeRozan and the conversation around stars like that have always been so incredibly polarizing and also like dumbed down for lack of a better term because you're lacking the context and you're lacking the nuance. So there's just been this perception of DeMar DeRozan as a bad player. DeMar DeRozan has never been a bad player. You do not average 27 points on a 59 win team if you're a bad player. That's just not a thing that can compute. It's not a thing that'll ever happen. So DeMar's always been very good. He's also been very efficient, which is something that people don't like to give him credit for because he hasn't been able to shoot the three efficiently. And that's not the only way that you can be efficient. His ability to get to the line in the way that he has, 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 included that he's also just developed as such a great playmaker and a ball handler so DeMar's always been really good people are now finally recognizing and he's also doing it in the most well-rounded way of his career he is shooting 37 percent from three that is like even in comparison to those numbers in 2016 2017 he was averaging like his efficiency was great that year I think it was about 47 percent but he was shooting like 27 percent from deep and yes he was getting to the line a lot but right now he's shooting better across the board from three from the floor from the free throw line he's getting to the free throw line at a great rate still and he's also just improved in his playmaking in such a way that like San Antonio was great for him in terms of that like he developed it a little bit in his last two years here with the Raptors because of the liabilities that he does give you in in, in the playoffs they had to put the ball in his hands they had to develop him as a playmaker he was able to push that fully through in San Antonio and now in Chicago he's bringing all of the different elements the scoring that he had with the Raptors along with the playmaking that he had in San Antonio he is such a well-rounded player and the praise that he's getting is deserved because a lot of the criticism that he was getting was so just unbalanced and unfair because people didn't have the nuance to say yes he's a great player but he does have his um, limitations that's a lot more than one word I'm sorry guys I guess I'm indifferent. Like this isn't DeMar DeRozan's first dominant season scoring wise. Uh, I guess maybe what 
changes things is this is probably the best team he's ever been in, in an American market. You know, you have Zach Levine, who's ascending to superstardom as this team wins a lot of basketball games and, you know, credit to him. He did put in the work, like Iman said that he's added all those elements from San Antonio, where he was a de facto point forward um, and initiating the offense there to kind of taking it back to his Toronto roots scoring. He's kind of put it together, but Chicago also does mask some of his weaknesses. He, he does take the three ball now and it's at a good rate, but it's not like he's shooting five, six. That's not necessarily his game. Uh, and they give him pretty good spacing and it doesn't help, you know, it doesn't hurt to play next to Zach Levine, you know, so a little bit different than Toronto where he's putting up kind of similar numbers around 26, 27 until that all-star break. I think either the year that was in Toronto or the year after, um, as a number one option where he's getting the toughest assignments every night, you know, he's seeing the Jimmy Butler's, the Kawhi's, those are who's guarding DeMar DeRozan versus now they're probably deviating to Zach Levine and it makes life easier, but credit to DeMar, you know, he's always been one of the most skilled players in the league, one of the better players in the league, but his narrative is not going to be this regular season dominance because at least it's a little more interpersonal as Raptors fans. We've seen him do this over 82 course of, you know, 82 game season. It's, it's all about what can you do, when the lights are brightest, high leverage minutes in the playoffs. And that's why they got DeMar DeRozan in a little bit of an easier role where he can just go out and score, go out, create, don't think about anything. Can you do this in the playoffs now? And he's had his struggles and he's not next to Kyle anymore. Levine is not seasoned in playoff basketball, but ultimately, you know, I'm going to be indifferent until I see it where it matters most. Yeah, I don't even really have a word to describe DeMar's season because I just think it's awesome. You know, it's great for DeMar. But, like, for me, my whole thing is, like, I've always – like, as much as, like, people talk about DeMar failing in playoffs, it was more overblown. Like, the fact that DeMar and Kyle would struggle in playoffs was always overblown as the only narrative about that Raptors team at a, at a national level, whereas there'd be players on other teams that were doing just as poorly or putting up these crap show performances in the playoffs and you wouldn't hear much about them when they would have good regular seasons. People would actually celebrate them. Right. But it's good to see DeMar actually getting celebrated for the good part of his game. The truth of the matter is like, there's maybe only 20 players in the entire league that actually ascend their performance in the playoffs. The rest of them, these number one options, like you've seen Julius Randle completely turn to nothing. He probably had one of the worst playoff performances by anyone. Like people talk about Pascal's bubble, Pascal's bubble. Look at those stats. He shot like 11% better than Julius Randle did. It's insane. And Pascal was not like horrible. Pascal was out of shape and horrible. So like we talk about these things, I think it, it always kind of gets lost because that's the only time you talk about a player is when it comes to. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Playoff time when they play for smaller market teams or non-U.S. teams. So I'm just happy for DeMar. Um, he's always been a hooper. Like, people... 
I, I remember one of the narratives that used to be around Toronto, especially when all this three-point shooting like started picking up, was, oh, it's no fun watching DeMar DeRozan play basketball. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like, DeMar DeRozan's a gorgeous basketball player on offense. Like, he's never been a bad offensive player. Like, he's got every single mid-range move, every single mid-post move. He goes up and under. Like, it is a beautiful – like, that Hooper meme uh, from Basketball Life or whatever it is, that's literally DeMar DeRozan's entire game. He's got every single one of those moves. He, he's one of the most gorgeous basketball players to actually watch play because he's so smooth, especially when he swoops through the lane. And, you know, I'm just happy. I'm happy for DeMar. And the one thing that people talk about, they always talk about DeMar's failures, but his last playoff performance in San Antonio, he had perfectly fine numbers. So really it depends on the kind of the team that's built around you, what you run into and what your what the matchup is when it comes to playoff time. Yeah, DeMar probably struggled the first couple of times in the playoffs, but his last two, three playoff appearances, minus those Cleveland series, weren't that horrible. And the San Antonio series is actually perfectly good as a number one option in San Antonio. They just weren't that good of a team. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with the Bulls where he has like multiple other scores to lessen his load so he can just focus on efficient scoring. But DeMar's awesome, man. He's never been this efficient, which I think is something to note. He just has never had this amount of efficiency. He's shooting well over 50% from the floor, over 37% from three, and over 87% from the line. Like this is just an efficient year for DeMar DeRozan. It's I'm sure you guys would probably agree, but the Bulls team that he has around him right now is probably the most talent that he's ever had surrounded him. Cause it's like what you were saying before in Toronto, he was always like the number one guy. And then like, you know, you have Kyle next. And then after that, the, the drop off is say, a little significant. Time out, Ben. Are you trying to say that Kyle Lowry is not the greatest basketball player of all time? I mean, we already know he is. So but- <laughs> Kyle Lowry was great, but the first time we got swept by the Cavs, Kyle Lowry was hurt. And the Raptors legitimately, I was at that home game. The Raptors mm-hmm. lost that home game because the only three we hit, I think, was a Corey Joseph three in the corner. And Dwayne Casey got asked, yo, why aren't we shooting threes? And it's like, oh, we don't have any three-point shooters. We're just like playing, what is it? Patrick Patterson's our best three-point shooter and then nobody else on the roster. So I'm not going to blame DeMar for, you know, being a mid-range assassin and playing in a team with no spacing, right? Like, sure, he wasn't that great of a defender off ball. He got picked apart, but... Now he's playing with Zach Levine, Nick Vucevic. He's got like three or four players on his team who can hit the three. He has all that mid-range room to eat. You know, I love him for DeMar. I think he's going to have a great team. You went from him not being a great defender and then named like Vooch and Levine. And I was like, oh, I thought you were like going to continue to talk about who else he's surrounded with there. And I was like, maybe not those names. Defense doesn't matter anymore in the NBA. It's all good. Um, Yeah, again, it comes down to – how they how this how this uh translates in the playoffs so uh with that said um all right let's say eastern Conf- let, uh, let me paint the picture for you because i've seen this on i saw this on twitter uh, earlier today and i was like oh this is this is a great question let's say raptors are out let's let's take them out of the equation you have the heat and the bulls in the eastern conference finals who which uh which one of our former uh, raptor darlings are you rooting for and uh and why is it demar Derozan? it's not Oh, I mean, I was never going to pick tomorrow over Kyle. Like, I think that's Kyle Lowry over everything for me. It's a lifestyle. I mean, I out, I'm not watching the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not watching Demar and Kyle. They're not on my team. That's that's okay, other okay. F- fan base problems, you know, at this point. <laughs> There's It's early in the season. Kyle Lowry started off awful. He got held. They asked for, what was it? They said, is Kyle Lowry on warranty? Can we send him back? And then he's been hooping the last couple of weeks, you know? And DeMar looks like an MVP now. 
once that shooting slump happens, you know, it happens to everybody. I don't want to deal with that. It was already hell enough dealing with it when they're both on our team. So that's how I see it. Yeah, I don't I, I like, hey, it's good basketball. It's good basketball, right? That's all I really care about. So uh, I'm not going to – I root for chaos. I root for seven games. I root for overtimes, multiple. I want to hear some game winners. I want to see Bam be a scam when it comes down to it. You know, I want to see Jimmy Butler huffing and puffing while DeMar is giving him work. You remember that game where DeMar and Jimmy went for 37-38 each? That was a great game. That was so uh, one of the basically Chicago saying you want the Bulls to win. Bam no, no, is a scam I want it to be very close. Look, I want I, whichever team wins, I want them to win because of either DeMar or Kyle. And yeah, I just okay. want all the rest of hey. their players to, you know, you know, get get some scorn. If they lose, I want the Heat to be saying, we got to trade Bam out of bio. Jimmy Butler's a fraud. You know, I want to hear that. That's what I want to hear. I want I want people to see that, hey, yo, Kyle Lowry literally is the best player on your team. He's literally the heart and soul of your team. So, you know, I want, I want you know, people to understand that your, your best players aren't that good. That's probably the most chaotic good answer uh, I've ever heard. So that, that works, that works itself out perfectly. All right, guys, before we, before we wrap this up, uh, let's have, let's have a little fun here since we're on the talk of uh, former Raptors and whatnot. Um, I'm going to give you all $15 and I want you to build your best all time Raptors starting lineup. So for the people listening, watching, wherever you consume your content from, from Yahoo, uh, I'm going to go through each uh, each little tier list, so to speak. Um, for $5, you have Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Vince Carter, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Bosh. $4, you have Damon Stoudemire, Fred Van Fleet, Tracy McGrady, Pascal Siakam, and Jonas Valanciunas. $3, Jose Calderon, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Charles Oakley, Antonio Davis. $2, Alvin Williams, Doug Christie, Morris Peterson, Serge Ibaka, Andrea Bargnani. And for the dollar bin, we have Lou Williams, Anthony Parker, Danielle Marshall, Jerome Williams, Amir Johnson. And I guess best uh, best use of their money gets the bragging rights for this episode. I'm assuming we can't say Tracy McGrady and get like, you know, no, leading no, no, no. scorer oh. Tracy McGrady. Yeah. It's got to be it's got to be bench player Raptors, Tracy. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot to, I forgot to mention that you, you're you're drafting the Raptor based off of their time in Toronto. Otherwise, my starting lineup is going to be like Hakeem Olajuwon and Jermaine O'Neal. Uh, so, very fair. <laughs> yeah. Either yeah yeah <laughs> whoever wants to go first. I can go Did first. I, I, hey, I, go ahead. I took a look at it. Uh, so I'm gonna go off the rip. I want the best point guard on the team. I got Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry. And I want Kawhi Leonard because I want mm-hmm. I want to win the playoffs. So that's ten bucks right there. I gotta spend five bucks. So I gotta go three, two, one. Amir Johnson literally was amazing as a Raptor. It was before people kind of recognized what it was like to have like you know um, a smaller five who could pass and do some things. So Amir Johnson was just like an analytics darling. I want Amir Johnson on my team. Uh, out of that two dollar bin, honestly, uh, I'll go Sergi Baca. Sergi Baca hit some big shots. You know he dotted. Ben Simmons in the corner there, the biggest shot of game seven. Uh, and then, you know, $3, uh, you got to go OG Ananobi. Why not? Give me give me young OG. You know, I want guys who have hit game winners, you know. So got to have myself an OG, got to have myself a Kawhi. I finally see them, you know, in the playoffs together. So I think I love how you pretty that. much just that built really... the 2018-19 championship lineup. Yeah. That yeah, was... no, but I got like the best players from them. 
that was really close to mine. So I also have Kyle and Kawhi. That's easy. $10 right there. I also have Amir Johnson. He's my favorite Raptor, not named Kyle Lowry. Um, like m- one of my all-time favorite Raptors. Yes, the, the advanced stats, just darling. Also, I had to really take up when we had Andre Bargnani years. So um, sorry t- for making you play the five. I know that cut your career short by a few years, but thank you for your time and your service. Um, so those three for sure. And then I had um, Mo P and Doug Christie as my other two. Um, Doug Christie is one of my faves because it's always like a fun Raptors thing of who leads the Raptors in steals. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Kyle Lowry took over, but it was Doug Christie for like two decades of this mm-hmm. franchise history. It was Doug Christie leading this team in steals. He can also hit the three. Mo Pete, you know, greatest kind of three-pointer in Raptors history in my brain uh, forever. And, you know, that layup with the, with the blindfolds on and also, and by that, I mean the head the headband uh and also just one of my favorite raptors of all time so everyone there is one of my favorite raptors of all time except for doug christie because i barely remember him as a raptor but also legit can handle the ball can pass can steal and and is your perfect wing there wow i'm a terrible accountant because i straight up spent 16 bucks instead of 15 bucks (laughs) i'm like mont saved a dollar wow that's so good for her but i i I waste oh i I prepped that's the difference here so i counted (laughs) and knew exactly what i was spending (laughs) Well, you also have a mirror and surge. We saw that. We saw, you know, one as before, know. and it just didn't work well. So my team beats yours. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to list it off like point guard to center. Uh, you know, six man of the year. And he's, he's Somali, even though he denies it. I got Lou Will <laughs> as my starting point guard. Um, stole this off Imana. Morris Peterson. That's like my first exposure to what a three and D you know, looked like when I was young watching the Raptors. Also, Michigan State legend, you know, one of the best three-point shooters ever. Always seemed like he was clutch. I, was it him, uh, the crazy shot against the Wizards? Yeah. yeah. Was the steal yeah. And then he throws the ball up. Yeah. Do that yeah. shit up. That was amazing. Um, yeah. I got, you know, there, there's controversy on greatest Raptor all the time. Uh, I got my guy Kawhi Leonard. Just when, when you think greatness – it's it's Kawhi Leonard. The that's a top five playoff run ever, one and done championship. Got to get Kawhi Leonard. Um, it was tough not getting Kyle. I took Chris Bosh instead to kind of make things worse. You know, work out here a little bit. If you put prime Chris Bosh in today's NBA, oh my God, way he can stretch the floor, defend his space, long arms, back to the basket doesn't matter. He can play make. Got to get Chris Bosh there. I didn't know if he was kind of like a tweener because. I wish I could get Marcus Gasol, but they left me Serge Ibaka. So to make the money and the math work, I did get Serge Ibaka. He, he, he was all right. So, so that, I like, that's kind of fun there. I, I, I like these lineups um, just for, I guess, just to throw it out there. Um, I kind of cheated with mine. Um, I took, so I took, uh, I took Vince, DeMar and Scotty just off of pure like Homer bias. And then from yeah. there, uh, from there I used um, the, my remaining $2 on Andrea Bargnani for full chaos. And then coming, coming in, doing me a favor, I'm getting Jeremy Lin as my point guard. So that's my, uh, that's my starting five right there. <laughs> you had the black market, uh, Raptors legends. Yeah. Yeah. I went to, I went down to, uh, I went down to Pacific mall to, to get Jeremy Lin. So your team gives me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea. Like I had to picture it and I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. <laughs> So I got like his pasta cans or whatever. Yeah. The pasta and, uh, <laughs> primo pasta. Primo pasta. <laughs> What's My funny is commercial because you can see him shoot and you can see the ball go through the hoop, but you never actually <laughs> see him put the ball through the hoop. It's just 
angles. <laughs> That's part about Ben's lineup is that Barnani still has to play the three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never uh, considered that. Corey three only. Oh yeah, having ha- having Scotty at center, then oh god, yeah, yeah, that is a chaotic lineup. Um, this has been a fun one, guys. Uh, as always, you know, uh, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. But uh, I'll let uh, I'll let these three beautiful ple- pe- people. Woo! I'll let these three beautiful people uh, plug what they, whatever they want to plug uh, in this. Uh, check out dishes and dimes. Also, I'm gonna have an article dropping this week, so look out. Be on the lookout for that. I don't know words either, but yeah. Should I go next? All right, fuck it. Excuse my language. Uh, <laughs> just look out for wherever I'm at, Twitter, YouTube, somebody show, you know, whatever you need. I'm pretty responsive. Like to talk about the Raptors most of the time. So what's my Twitter handle now? Like PG rated Reese, something like that. So just find me, holler at me. We can talk basketball. We also run a lot of spaces and stuff like that post game, uh, you know, for the overreactions. So. I don't got nothing but so follow Dishes and Dimes, hit up Reese, follow Ben. Ben be tweeting all game. And honestly, I get really sad because he has these great jokes and nobody be nobody be hitting him up. I'm like, blow up oh. my boy Ben, you know, give him some and love. Gotta, so follow Ben Carlos, my guy. He needs some love on Twitter. You know, we're gonna get we gonna get him. We're gonna get him. We gonna ben, get him. Underrated <laughs> gift game. Underrated gift game. Free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you keep a few on deck. I might have to steal a couple of them. <laughs> Asad, I always, I always got to give you props because every time I tweet, I was like, oh, this is this is the one. Though I get the one like from you. I'm like, okay, he got it. So, like, yeah, <laughs> we're good. All right, so, you know, that's all, that's all I need. All I need. All, the only validation I need. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm-hmm. 